<laughs> I'm Jesse. Hi, this is Helen. And we're Asian bitches down under. And one of us will be in Taiwan in twelve、uh, hours. Yeah. No, a little bit more than twelve hours. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be flying exactly twelve hours from now. Oh yeah. You do not know how the my envy levels have just skyrocketed, <laughs> and my head is. Like exploding with envy right now. How is now. that possible? You're, yeah, you're, you're traveling in two weeks' time. Yeah, but let's not talk about that、um, for <laughs> now. We're going to talk about your trip.、Um, so Helen and I, before we started recording, chatted about logistics, the flight,、mm. etc.,、um, the grueling waiting time. At least、yeah. you have someone with you.、Um, my question, the most important one for me.、Um, usually, I ask people when they after they fly, what movie you watched. But I'm not going to ask、mm-hmm. you now because you haven't flown. Yeah. Uh, but the all-important question is, you're going for two weeks,、um, mm-hmm. so bearing in mind you might acquire some books while you're there. Obviously, I know.、Um, what is the book in your carry-on that you have that、okay. you're going to take with you? So I have two literary works with me that I'm planning to take with me. One of them, I don't know if you want me to talk about it.、Uh, Tell me on the podcast because it's one of your work. Your work, mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you, right. You don't want、That's、me. That's so nice. Yeah, That's so, so nice. So many people your work. So okay.、Um, because it's, <laughs> like mine. What, what did I write? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's about like because I'm traveling. I like to read something about traveling when I'm traveling. So your next work have some elements of.、Um, There's a lot of travel. Yeah. So. What I like to do, and the other one, I think you you gave it to me last week. Hold on, let me just have a look. I, I still have this. They have them in the Telstra bag. I'm, I think, <laughs> I think the tote bag. I no longer wear it. The tomorrow, tomorrow, and tomorrow. Yeah,、uh, by Gabrielle Seven. Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that you read a couple. Probably the、ago. best book I've read in the last five years. Yeah, so I think it's chunky enough for me to, you know, digest through two weeks while I am, you know, being transported from city to city. You will race through that. Oh, that is、okay. an exquisite、okay. book. Oh,、okay. that is the first book where I've like genuinely just I finished it and I had two overwhelming feelings.、Oh, Number one,、okay. I wish I wrote it. Oh,、um, and number two,、um, it made me want to create something,、oh, and it doesn't、right. matter like if you're a writer or a musician or a filmmaker. Like it, it and it, you know the central protagonists are、uh, video game creators,、mm-hmm. and despite that,、um, it made me just want to the way in which the book narrativizes their love of what they do、mm-hmm. makes you want to create something and put something beautiful out into the world. Oh, that's nice.、Um, it's such a sort of love letter to just the whole idea of creativity,、mm-hmm. and it, she does it so miraculously because I think it's a miracle because um it's about video games, and I have no relationship to video games. You know, like I, I don't do and unless, don't play it except for when we were growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yep. It's yeah, not hard. Yeah, I, I, I just, I'm just. No, it's、that. very easy. It's、yeah. very easy. Oh,、okay. I can't. Oh, <laughs> I just, I can't. I can't deal with how great this book is. But actually, I wanted to talk about another book that I've on the same length,、um, yes. which I'll touch on later. But I just want to finish any last thoughts about how you're feeling about your Taiwan trip. I also wanted to add、um, the the manuscript I gave you of my book. Um, the last part is set in Taiwan, Taipei. So、oh, I just,、no. I think it'll be、okay. so brilliant for you to be there and then to tell me. Whether or not how I write about the city、mm-hmm. is 
Yes. It like makes you feel like it's an accurate portrayal of Taipei yeah, because nice. I really struggled with that, hell. Um, I really struggled with it because um, I haven't been to Taipei since 2019. Mm. And, um, you know, you and I, we didn't grow up in Taipei. It's mm-hmm. still a big city for us. So mm. I haven't spent many, like I, the longest I've spent there is a couple of weeks. And so like I really wanted to try and when I was writing it, I remember just looking through Google images and also like Google Maps trying to, and also the videos on YouTube, yeah, you know those yeah, YouTube yeah. videos that are three hours long that take you on a GoPro. On the streets. Someone, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Just walk walking through the streets street. yeah. and the yeah, sounds yeah. of the motorcycle, you know, those scooters. Yeah. That is the most comforting sound in the world. Yeah, everything you need except for the smell. Exactly. Exactly. You just need the smell of Taiwan. Yeah. And then you're there. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so that's the books that I will be bringing with me. And my daughter is saying that she came up with a word that she is very nerve sided, nervous, nerve sided, nervous, and excited. <laughs> yeah, about the trip because it will be her first time to Taiwan. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. she, oh my god, I just I can't even imagine how her world is about to be like split open in a good way. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> in a good way, yeah. Nobody so, has ever gone to Taiwan and not liked it. I think. Am I right? Am I right? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think people do have some negative feedbacks about it, but most of the all, I think people came back with positive reviews about Taiwan and um, uh, our preparation. Yeah, yeah. So we're. Well, I still haven't packed yet, so I'm gonna do that. You after. haven't. No, I just started this morning. And oh, wow. I come to realize the older I get, the less yeah. I want to pack. Of course. Of I, course. I just don't want to bring, like when I was younger, you know, I, was, yeah. oh, I have to bring this, I have to bring yeah. that, I, I, yeah. I have to look good on the trip. And I'm like, oh, forget it. No, I, I just yeah. want to be comfortable now. Exactly. Me too. Me too. I'm going to wear the ugliest, when I go overseas, I'm <laughs> going to wear the ugliest sneakers, but they're like really comfortable because you're yeah. going to be walking eight hours a day <laughs> that's right yeah so that's what i'm going to do as well i'm not gonna because the places that we stay will have um washing machines so okay, wash, uh, yeah, awesome. dryer. that's fantastic yeah, that's so fantastic and you know also as an adult that if you forgot something like deodorant you could just go and buy it it's not yes. the end of the world yes and in taiwan it's so convenient oh taiwan, <laughs> convenience yeah. store in every corner open 24 7 guys <laughs> there's a thing called cities that never sleep um, outside of new york um I wanted to ask you um, also, like, you know, I just wanted to also let our listeners that um, know that Helen is going to, send, you know, be posting about stuff, what she's eating, mm-hmm. awesome things like that. So, so I will basically feel like I'm there, which mm-hmm. I'm very excited about. But um, and obviously during your trip, you're going to be eating so many food. incredibly mind-blowing food. Can you just tell me right now what's one thing you're really looking forward to eating? Oh, okay. Funny enough, I am looking forward to just, you know, have the very basic sort of Chinese icon. Oh, I haven't really thought about it, but maybe beef noodles. Oh. For those yeah. who don't know, is um, what are they called? Oyster? Vermicelli noodles and oysters? Yeah. yeah, oysters, yeah. I'm not quite sure about having seafood during my overseas trips but I'll see oh my you. god <laughs> helen i had the best sashimi in taipei 
I had I like know, plates and plates of cheap sashimi when I was in Taipei. Yeah, I know. Ugh. That's a th- another thing that when you get older, you're more self-aware about not to get food poison. Oh my god! Can I say every time I eat oyster, every time I eat oysters now, um, I I just like mentally prepare myself to get food poisoning. Honestly, <laughs> I just I just think, okay, this is a risk. I'm gonna take it. I think it's that traumatic scene from Mr. Beans when he was having oysters on his trip. Oh right, yeah. And then you always think that, oh, okay, what if I get food poison on holiday? Is the worst, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. It really is the worst. But you can't, you know, you can't um stop your life for those reasons. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be traveling next two weeks for our listeners. We won't be recording. Mm-hmm. Next couple of weeks, because after next two weeks will be Jesse's turn mm-hmm. trip, and um, I have I do have some a couple of recordings of interviews uh, prepared. So mm-hmm. there there will be you know a couple of chats. There will be still podcast episodes. Uh, really, yeah, we'll, but yeah, Alan will yeah, still be releasing them. Follow us on Instagram and see what we're doing overseas. And yeah, we're super excited. <laughs> And so, um, what is your what is your daughter carrying? What book is she carrying? How many? Um, she's she's going to take two books with her as well. But I haven't. I don't think she has decided which books to take. Mm. Um, she is going to take one novelty book and one proper fiction. Or, yeah, you got to do that. Proper book, you know, yeah, yeah, you got to do that. Um, yeah. I, I have to say, novelty books for her is like graphic novels or yeah. Can I just say, there's also such a um. Fine art to selecting the book you're going to take for your travels.、Mm. Like you, you know how um um there are consultants who come in to your house before you have a baby to check out whether your house is foolproof. You know,、oh、rich people、God. hire those people.、Okay. Yeah, so I feel like you should hire someone to help you sort out what to take, <laughs> what book to take on your travels. <laughs> Even though it'll be like one or two,、um, but honestly, it's a huge thing because like you're gonna. It's almost like deciding. Who to take with you on your holiday? You know,、uh, because you're going to be with them for、companion. long stretches. It's your、yeah. companion, exactly.、Yeah. So you, I agree, it's a great des- decision of on your daughter to take something lighthearted and then take something more, I guess, like literary.、Mm. Um, because yeah, sometimes you just want to flip through a rom com. You know, yes. We don't、um, all want to read Ma- Norman Mailer. <laughs> who reads Norman Mailer these days, anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Hi there! If you're new to our show, thanks for tuning in into our program, and we hope you will stay with us for a very long time. And if you are a regular listener, we're forever grateful for your continuous support throughout this period of uncertainty. It has really helped this podcast to gain a great exposure, as our mission is to center the perspectives of people who look like us, who are marginalized historically to the sideline of conversation. So if you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Omni, Apple, Google, or Spotify, and leave a rating and review. And of course, as a small podcast program, we rely on listeners' support to continue this work. Please do check out our Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation in order for us to continue to advocate the intersectionality in the podcast industry.
Okay, so where do we where should we start this week? Well, I guess um since we on the topic of books, I want to talk about um I have a we we're we're doing an episode of catch ups. Um, I want to start with um the book that I've been um staying up very late into the night to read. Nice. Um, and uh, it's very rare for me to get so excited about a book where I actually um choose the book over Netflix. So usually I'd rather watch a movie or. Yeah, usually it's a movie. This week it's been Beef, which we're going to talk about later on on Netflix. Um, so, um, but this book, uh, it is a, a very famous book that everyone's been talking about in the last twelve months. It's called Pineapple Street by Jenny Jackson. Nice. Okay. Um, and uh, it's very, it's very, yeah, yeah. It's very, it's kind of like the new sort of Fleischman is in trouble esque oh. kind of book. Uh-huh. Everyone's talking about it. Because um, I don't know why I, I don't know the craze of surrounding it. I think it's because um, the author Jenny Jackson is a um, the executive head, or um, she is the um, let me see what's her vice president and executive editor at, uh, at Knopf, which is one of the biggest publishing houses in America. Mm-hmm. So she's been an editor for like more than ten years, and then now she's turned around and decided to write a book of hers herself. I think she's in her early forties. I feel like that um, happens a lot with yeah, yeah, like, sales journalists or editors and turn writer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it makes sense. You you kind of like edit a lot of books and then you decide you want to write one your, yourself. Yeah. This is um is so good. This is like it's so good in a way that like um I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a a, a food that's kind of addictive, but it's not too bad for you. Like I would, I wouldn't say this is the writing quality is as good as um, Gabrielle Zevin. Like I feel like Gabrielle Zevin is a bit more literary. This is a bit more casual. Um, it's a bit less um, literary, but it's still very, very good. Um, it's still very um, well written. It's just a bit more gossipy, and uh, it's basically a story about rich people, um, three rich women. So one of them has married into a rich family. Um, and then um, it's from three different perspectives. Um, th- it's like it's third person, but it's from three different women. Um, Sasha, who's moved, m- has married into uh, her wealthy family, and so her husband has um, two sisters, Dali and Georgiana. And so we follow Dali, um, who's married to a Korean American. There's not not everyone's white in this book. Um, and then there's Georgiana, who's like um, in her early twenties. And um, she's in love with this guy who um, ends up, you know, I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't read read it, but it's like an incredible storyline. All three of them have really enticing stories. Somehow, even though there's no like strong, strong plot, like nothing horrible happens to any of them. There's no trauma, you know, at the moment anyway, I'm halfway through. Um, I can't believe how well she still manages to make me so invested in these three characters. Like, um, the one who has recently married the rich guy, um, Sasha, she, her um, parents, uh, um, parents-in-law, so the wealthy family that she's married into, mm-hmm. they like gifted her a house. They gifted her and her husband a house after they got married, and it's like a four-story apartment in New York. Wow. And like so, like these people are uber wealthy, mm-hmm. and yet I still care about her, and yet I still care about these super wealthy white women who go to tennis every week. And like have caterers ah. do their dinners, like it's like ludicrous their kind of level of wealth, mm-hmm. um, and yet um, I'm still I still want to know, you know, what, what happens to them. And, and it's mm-hmm. just it's 
I'm like crazy about this book in a, in a kind of different way to the craziness I felt about um, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Like I, when I was reading tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, I kept thinking, I wish I re- wrote this book. It's just so beautiful and perfect. Um, I don't feel the same way about Pineapple Street. I don't want to be the author of um, a story about rich folks. You know, mm-hmm. that's not my thing, you know, in life, but I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, I, I I don't in any way feel kind of conflicted about talking about it because, you know, uh, on this show, I know we like to, especially you, Helen, you like to, you know, make sure that we give um, platform to, uh, you know, underrepresented um, underrepresented writers and, you mm-hmm. know, writers of colour and all that. Um, but it's just like, it's so, it's so good. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't deny how good this book is. Has it won any awards or has it had a label of like New York Times bestseller? I think it is a New York Times bestseller. It hasn't won any awards yet. I think it only came mm-hmm. out, um, I think, um, let me check when it came out. Um, it came out in March this year. It came out last, wait, it came out last yeah, very, very month. Easy. That's crazy. I feel mm. like it's been out for a year or something. So it's those sort of book that is, uh, it's like the popularest sort of book and people like people like to read it because you get to peek into the one percent. Yeah. Life. Like also because, yeah. Yeah. Also because I feel like people in the publishing world are usually quite wealthy or at least they're middle class. If they're not the 1%, they know people who are in the 1% oh, yeah. or they aspire, mm-hmm. you know, um, for the 1%. And uh, it's so well written. It's very sparse. Um, I can't wait for you to read it. It's very easy to read, I have mm-hmm. to say. It's very, very easy to read. So that's why I like um, last night I finished like half of the book in one sitting. Yeah. Incredible. I can't recommend it enough. <laughs> and I just can't wait until they make it into a Netflix series or a movie. <laughs> Another one. I'm just imagining who's playing who, yeah. <laughs> How funny is that now that with the streaming platform, now we are looking into different ways of creativity. You know, with books, in the past, you have a lot of novels that doesn't won't be adapted into movies or films like mm-hmm. decades later. Mm-hmm. Now we're seeing books written two years ago and now it's out in Netflix. I know, it's crazy. You know, on Netflix or, you know, Disney Plus or things that's happening in our society um been adapted into documentary like six months later you know after the case was open or after the case was yeah 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 things been fast almost feel like it's like a fast food media it is isn't it yeah 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 um let's move on to uh some tvs that we watched this week i actually want to start with will man Wheel well, mania, mania. yeah, mania, yeah. Because I, I don't really have much to say about. Have mania. you finished it? I finished it. We finished okay, it. Yeah. Okay. I haven't after. finished it. Uh-huh. Um, I'm about four, epi- five episodes in. I think four or five. Okay. What are your thoughts about it so far? Um, I actually stopped watching the show in its first episode after about half an hour because I thought the mm. writing was like slow and bad, and I didn't, I wasn't really invested in it. Um, I gave up on it, but then I listened to a friend's podcast, Pilot Club, um, where they talked about it and they kind of uh, had positive thoughts about it. Um, and so I thought, decided I'd give it a second chance. Um, and so I did. I went back and um, it is kind of pulling me through, at least for now. It's not as compel- I'm not as compelled 
to finish it as say beef which is the next show which we'll be talking about yeah. um nevertheless it's something good to put on while i'm cooking on the background in mm. the background um i do um for you guys who don't know well mania um there's a i actually first heard about this show because i was driving towards the city and if you're driving towards the city from the west through from like Parramatta road into kind of into the city um through to, towards pitt street you see a huge sign there's a huge billboard like a huge huge billboard um with um celeste barber um yeah. looking at the camera oh, like sure. dazed yeah. yeah and she is the star of Romania, which is a show and that's loosely based on a memoir from 2017 written by um, bridget delaney who is a i guess a columnist for the guardian here in australia yeah. and um it's just about a woman who um is a well, in the show, I'm not sure because I haven't read the book, uh, Bridget Laney's book, I'm not sure about her, but in the show, um, uh, Celeste Barber, who's, of course, an Instagram star, um, she plays a food critic who has moved to New York. She's got a green card. She comes back for her best friend's 40th, her best friend who's an Asian, um, and um, doesn't pass, has a sort of like health scare and can't pass the medical check to return to the u.s so yes. that's the story yeah, about she her, lost her she, she lost her green car yeah. in australia that's why she needs yeah. to reapply it and then when she went to reapply it at the u.s counselor they say that you have to go through a medical check which she didn't pass yeah because she's too unhappy. basically stuck in sydney. stuck in sydney yeah and i kind of like my friend billy who said that he related to the character I've never had a green card, but I do. I like the kind of little digs that uh, Celeste Barber's character makes at Sydney. Like she kind of digs, she kind of like criticizes Sydney and says, oh, this is a city with no culture compared to New York. You yeah. know, that sounded a lot of like I was like maybe three, four years ago when I tried to <laughs> get, you know, out get, get out of Sydney so desperately <laughs> and try and make my way in, New, make my life in New York. Um, um, but um, I, I, what I kind of wanted to focus on is really like the Asian representation in this mm -hmm. in the series, and there is quite a lot. Um, I wanted to say first of all, um, the screenplay script was adapted by Benjamin Law, mm -hmm. who's Asian, and there are a couple of key characters who are Asian in this um, cast. So everyone is white. It's an Australian show. That's like um, not surprising. I mean, it shouldn't be that way, obviously. But you know, this is a huge, huge netflix-backed series but i do appreciate the kind of um asian representation that i've seen so like i said 40 year old um her best friend who's turned 40 she comes back for she's an um, asian she is played by um a, an, an actress called jj fong mm -hmm. haven't heard of her have you ever heard of her or seen i've her actually before? seen her in um sorry i just have to look it up now because yeah sure sure her in uh one of the movie years ago she's not she's not a um she's not a, I'm, i sounds a bit offensive if i say this she's not a like a typical looking asian but then again that you can kind of you know pick her out of anyway but she, i immediately recognize her because uh she was in this film I'm just looking up IMDb now. It's an Australian film about the end of the world, but I cannot remember the name. Australian of the film, film about the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she... tomorrow, when the world, where the war began. Yes, that's right. That's the really? one. Yeah, she. Isn't that like a teen flick? It's a teen flick, and 
Um, the other Asian character in that film was the young boy who played Benjamin Law in Family Law. Right, mm. right. Sorry, I'm just going to look it up now. Okay, while you do that, I'm going to talk about the other Asians in the cast. Uh-huh. Um, Celeste Barber's love interest is um, half Asian. She meets him at the gym. Uh-huh. Um, his name is Alexander Hodge, he, whose dad is Irish and mum is Chinese, Singaporean, according to Wiki. Uh, Celeste Barber's brother, who's gay, um, who's a PT, uh, he is um, soon to be married to um, also a half Asian um, actor, Remy Hai, who, of course, we know from, I think he's been around for a long time, but most famously known for his role in um, Crazy Rich Asians. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I think um, there's quite a few key characters who are Asian, which I kind of like was, I like that her, her romantic interest is an Asian guy. I don't know what ends up happening. You can spoil it and tell me um, because I'm not sure if I'll keep watching it. But um, yeah, what what are your thoughts about uh, the Asian I representation? I her. I've probably mis- mistaken her with another Asian actor. But um, yeah, JJ Fong, I'm pretty sure I've seen her somewhere. Or was she in... Maybe you've seen her on the theatre. Well, while Helen have a, has a look, I'll just um, kind of move on. Um, oh, I found her. I found her. Okay, yeah. yeah. So she's a New Zealand actor. She's a New Zealand actress, sorry. And she's yeah. in one of my favourite, all-time favourite TV drama. I know what you're going to say, the Creamery one. Yes, the Creamery one. Oh, yeah. my God. I cannot believe I forgot about that. Yeah. That is the best adaptation of like a reverse handmade tale. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. Yeah. Dora, yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. So I, yeah. Creamery. I wonder if it's due on ABC or SBS, but Creamery. Yeah. If anyone could find it, I think it's the best black comedy drama. What do you reckon about her relationship to her white husband and the kids in the show? It's very typical. Yeah. What do you I mean? Think- Okay, so my thoughts about um, Leif Hay Healy, um, which is Celeste Barber's character, mm-hmm. as best friend, Amy, played by JJ Form, is a bit strange. Like when you, once you go through the, you know, the whole episode, the whole series, and you mm-hmm. kind of find out how they met when they were younger. But I always think that it's so hard. this is going to be my own stereotypical bias with friendships I think it's very hard for Asians to be friends with white people yeah for that yeah such a long time yeah yeah I agree by the way and also there's not much culture nuance even so that they put an Asian face in it, except for they had, you know, um, Amy's parents spoke a couple of lines of yeah, Cantonese. yeah, yeah, Cantonese, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's zero cultural nuance. Yeah, you know, you don't see them eating Asian foods. You don't see them um, doing Asian stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're basically white. The Asians yeah. in this movie are the basically Asians white. are basically white. They live yeah. in well, jo- or hello. Bondi Beach. Yeah, exactly. Well, hello, Benjamin Law, basically white. <laughs> He's like the whitest guy ever. Yeah, so I don't see much of the cultural nuance in, yeah, even though there's the Asian um, representation. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, so th- let's, yeah. Yeah, well, um, I guess from one amazing kind of, well, I wouldn't call it amazing, but from one series to another with Asians, 
Let's talk about beef. Hey. <sighs> something I mean, that I was a bit disappointed if you can if you compare Wellmania and beef because yeah, Wellmania um, it was just so it's just kind of like there's no I I don't want to say there's no depth about Wellmania because basically it's almost like a combination of flea bag, train rack, and what else shoe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, our friend Billy say that Celeste Barber is basically a Australian a, a, Australian Amy Schumer. Schumer. Yeah, I love that, and he's so right. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think there's yeah, don't feel very innovative from there, but it it's a funny drama series to watch. Um, so coming back to beef, oh, I have so much to say about it, but I don't know where to start. It's such an incredible, incredible show. Um, we started watching about two two nights ago, and we're on to episode four. I think I'm at the same rate as you. I'm I'm at episode four or five. Yeah. And the script is just amazing. Oh, it's incredible. It's it's, the it's so line. good. Yeah. I don't know whether or not it's based on anything. No, I know. Yeah, it, yeah. Just, I don't know, you know either. Because the pace and the way that it was represented. From the even each episode, the, at the beginning of each episode, there's like a almost like a painting, and they have the title of the episode. Yeah, yeah. It almost like it screams at your face of what's gonna happen. It's very White Lotus, by the way. That background um, images, oh, those okay. images remind me of White Lotus. Mm, mm, mm. And I just saw the cast: Ali Wan, Stephen Yuan. They were just perfect. I actually like Stephen Yon in this more than Ellie Wan because I feel like Ellie yeah. Wan is playing herself. Right, yeah, yeah. This is, this you mean the character or the actor? The character. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, I have so many thoughts. I don't even know where to start. First of all, um, uh, like you said, great cast. Stephen Yuan is so mind-blowingly good-looking. Mm. He's so handsome. It's like like I, I, what, what is so great about the show, there are so many things, but... You know, because I'm a luxist, I'm going to start with, like, you know, <laughs> the good-looking people in the show. Um, two male leads, um, Stephen Yen and then um, Ali Wong, who Ali Wong's husband, who's played by Joseph Lee. Uh, I'm like, he's so handsome, it's, like, painful, right? It's so strange. I've never seen him anywhere. Before. I know. I have never seen him anywhere He's so tall. Either. He's massive. Like, he's huge. He's, he's like the Ryan Reynolds, but Asian. Yes. Sorry, I shouldn't say but Asian. He's Ryan Reynolds and he's Asian, <laughs> meaning he's better than Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yes. uh, yeah. Um, I mean, who likes Ryan Reynolds? He's like a geek. But the thing is, the reason why I've compared him to Ryan Reynolds is because Joseph Lee's character, um, who plays Ali Wong's husband, George, he's kind of like a doofus. Like he's kind of tall, um, kind of very broad-shouldered, handsome, but a bit dumb. He's kind of stupid. He's kind of stupid. He makes kind fast of, and he's like yeah, a he's, yeah, he's kind of vacant. So basically um, the story um, is about the, the series follows these two characters who in the first five minutes of the show in the, in the, on the pilot, they have an encounter um, where um, one of them almost runs into the other one. Um, it's a road rage incident basically. Mm-hmm. And then they, one of the, um, and then Stephen Yen's character starts chasing Ali Wong's and then, um, it's like five. The first five minutes is absolutely amazing. 
I know. It goes yeah. right into the crux of it. But the thing is, they don't see each other's faces. So they only know, like, Stephen Yen has only tracked Ali Wong's um, uh, license no. plate number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We sort of, like, see the first 10 minutes of the, the incident. And then for the next um, kind of half an hour of the show, we follow them individually. Mm. So, like, um, Stephen Yen is um, sort of um, a, a contractor slash handyman who's living in a hotel that his parents had lost because the cousin has like was involved with some sort of fraud incident so and he's been in jail so yeah. yeah and now he's living in his brother who is like very like lazy only wants to you know make money out of crypto make, yeah crypto guy plays video games all day is not motivated um and kind of struggling basically mm. um and uh, a sort of very typical migrant family story so their parents are now back in korea and then we flip to ali wong who is m m living in some like super wealthy part of la this is set in la and her husband is the heir of like a famous japanese like Artist. designer or something yeah. or it's chair designer <laughs> something like super super bougie and white you know Yes. But he's Jap and he's Japanese. I shouldn't say but and he's Japanese. Um and she is trying to like negotiate her own kind of um business selling special yeah. plants. I don't even I don't I actually don't even get it. So she's an entrepreneur uh, yeah. of a brand called Koyo House. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. H A U S, you know, is mm -hmm. a pretty kind of like a European name. Yeah. Um, which sells indoor plants. Yeah. Yeah. And she's making this business deal of having her business sell to like a bigger chain or something chain like a store yeah. yeah and the boss of that is a i think elizabeth banks is it oh is it so um, let me have a look i'm pretty sure it's a, no sorry it's maria bello my mm. bad yeah so wealth, you start comparing the wealth of ellie Wan's character and to, yeah. to the business partner she wants to sell her business to it's mind-blowing seeing how yeah. rich people can get to yeah yeah, uh, yeah. they eat mushroom foam for this <laughs> ridiculous Special dinner yeah <laughs> yeah um i love the way in which um the writer other so the show is written by um a guy called lee sung jin um, he hasn't had a lot of credits to his name. Um, he's only had in IMDb. He's done something called Undone in 2019, and then Dave in 2020. Mm -hmm. So don't he's he doesn't have, he's not extremely yeah, prolific, yeah. but already you know we know he's like an incredible writer. Dave will be his like the breakthrough. Oh yeah, absolutely, like, absolutely. Um, yeah. I agree with you what you said before about uh, liking Stephen Yen's character more than Ali Wong's. I I feel like both of them. I mean, usually, naturally, because you and I were women, we, you know, we sympathize with the woman female character more. In this case, she's an Asian woman, so I would have thought that I like, you know, teamed with her more. But the thing is, um, I actually was rooting for Stephen Yen's character way more. Um, yeah, because from, there's a the class differences. Yeah, there's a huge very, class very difference. Clear class differences of a working class and you know upper middle class where she is just concerning about her business concerning about her money yeah about how her daughter the and daughter the anxiety with anxiety. the painting yeah like i don't want to dismiss all her worries and you know the the relationship breakdowns with her husband it's all out there for her i want to feel sorry for her but at the same time you don't 
Yeah, it's yeah, hard. Same. Because Me too. The character she's playing is just so hard to like. Also, because she's married to such a handsome guy, it's like, how can you be sad when you're married to like Asian <laughs> Ryan Reynolds? Stay home, dad. I know. Yeah. Literally doing. And he's very thing. and he's very sweet. He's very sweet. There's nothing like like I said. I said before, he's sort of dumb and hollow, <laughs> but he's sweet. He's like a sweet, chummy, um, kind-hearted, big bro kind of. The only time that I feel sorry for her as a woman again yeah. is that. You can tell that she's in a woman's body and she can't have it all because there are times that she wants to just let go. For for anyone who hasn't um, watched up to you know episode three or four, you come to realize that um, she's actually want to sell her business so she can spend more time with, with her daughter, her family. Yeah, yeah. but um, the business deal is kind of up in the air and. It, the whole her her company needs her she can't move you know it's she's very heavily pressured by her work but at the same time she wants to be there for her daughter you can really tell that woman can just basically cannot have it all even so that she has a stay home dad you know the husband who looks after their one child yeah. she always feel guilty that she's not there for her daughter whereas yeah what we see in our mainstream society is that men goes out we see fucking millions of those kind of men who is in the same position as ellie Wong's character who probably that you know care very little about their family they just need to go out and work and you know sign up business deals and i don't know just make a lot of, makes a lot of money that's the only time that i feel sorry for her because she wants to do um incredibly well in her work but she also wants to be there for her daughter. I think mm. that's where her frustration comes out. That's where it leads to the road rage. And it's very different to Stephen Yon. But at the same time, it's very similar as well because uh, Stephen Yon's character, Denny, he's the, uh, he's the oldest child you know, of the family. And uh, I don't know if you have seen the episode where he talked about the oldest child mentality that you always want to provide provide and do the best and do what your parents told tells you to do I, I just i feel sorry for him as well because my own mentality has shifted from that as i grow older i know that i i can't always be there for my parents i i'm a person myself as an individual that i need mm. to do things for myself and mm. danny um in beef is trying to find himself as well and he wants to be a good model for his younger brother i think the moment where i thought i'm completely on danny's side is when he goes back to church oh my um, god i know the first girlfriend his first girlfriend or someone who you know he had a close relationship to um is a korean woman i, I just also like the fact that this show centers around asian people right in a western country and mm -hmm. like um, their Asianness is not the thing. Like the default is just that they're normal mm -hmm. human beings, and the the Asian part of them is never foregrounded. You know, they 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 don't mention anything about kind of the fact that they're. You know, there are little things like um when um Stephen Yen he goes to Ali Wong's house for the first time, he tracks her down through the internet. I didn't even know you could do that. Like, look yeah, for people on, so, based so on their, I know, based on their, um, 
license plates. Yeah, you can get their address. That's like terrifying. Maybe in America you can do that. He goes over to her house and then um, he ends up like peeing all over her bathroom because he realizes, you know, she's the one who fucking fucked him over in the beginning of the show. And um, when her husband comes back, she he was like kind of like let's just leave it. And but she she um, made a point oh and said God. to him, "Oh, he said he had a problem with you being Japanese." Kind yeah, of like he, he weaponized he was, that. Yeah, weaponized. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. So there are like little things like that in it. But for most of it, I'm um, like you know they're Asian people surrounded by other Asians, and they um, they interact in a way that you know you and I would normally interact. And I like seeing um, this old flame that Stephen Yen's character comes in to contact with again and um she's now heavily pregnant mm. i'm glad to see her husband also is korean he's a pastor at a church mm-hmm. um he kind of has gay, gay vibes to me to be honest <laughs> but you know he's so like he's kind of like k-poppy handsome yes and steven yen there's um an episode maybe in episode two or three he goes back to the ch- he goes to that church and then he it's like kind of like a hill song kind of church where everyone when he goes in people are singing with their hand raised in the air yeah. and like during the song glory he... church or something pardon it's called glory they have their oh, own glory yeah yeah, exactly. yeah 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 um and during this, the song he breaks down he absolutely breaks down yeah. and it was uh, that was the best it was such a I, I just thought this guy is incredible i just i always really liked his work i you know, um, Min- Minari was, I think, one of the first roles I've seen him in, and obviously Nope, um, where he plays Dupe, um, and um, and then he was also in another film, a drama with um, with um, Amy Schumer, which I didn't end up seeing. Oh, okay. Um, but know. it's like a drama. Um, it's called Human. It has a name, Humans, in the title, so I forget what it is. But mm-hmm. Stephen Yen, um, he has a meltdown, and it was so sympathetic because. Um, I, I recently had one of those moments where I was just like, just sobbing uncontrollably, and you don't really know why. Like I, I, I feel like I, I thought of maybe I knew why he was crying. I think he was just like so, like overwhelmed by recent trauma and kind of all the things that happening. yeah, everything's happening all at once for him, and he's just like kind of finally finds a space where he gets to unload his grief. What do you reckon? I think the same as well. I think I don't know how other people interpret the whole show, but um, so far, um, up to episode four, by my own interpretation, is that these two main characters, they both are so unhappy about their life. And yeah. two met, met each other, they were about to take their own life. You see the nuance um, yeah. with Ali Wong's character, Amy, playing with the gun even though that she says that she was well she says she's masturbating she was masturbating but that scene looks to me as if she was about to take her life oh really i didn't read it as that that's my own interpretation okay as danny uh steven yon's character he was um he got all these like barbecue grooves and then he was lighting it up carbon carbon monoxide or something yeah 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 yeah. yeah. So, and but then because of their encounter um through a road rage <laughs> it seemed like they were fired up to take revenge of each other yeah 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 they they ha- found something worth living for even if it was <laughs> yeah, rage and anger yeah rage. yeah yeah and i love how um but someone someone said the uh, the anger was a uh, 
transitionary of consciousness or something like transitory that. Transitory state. Yeah, yeah. Transitory state of consciousness. That was really funny. Yeah. Um, I, I thought I'm going to agree with you that I love the aspects of Asianness in this whole series where you follow um, Stephen Yon into like eating at a Korean restaurant with his cousin. I love that scene, by the way, in the yeah, first episode so where yeah. like, um, like they kind of go, oh, bro, and they're like kind of really like kind of white in the way that they kind of greet each other. But then the guy sits down and then he orders what is Korean. Korean? Yeah. I love that yeah. scene. And Dima, uh, and yeah, then, it's know, just so normal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, changing between those two languages is so normal. Yeah, I love that. I love that scene. That. Yeah. And it also kind of represents the higher that you move up hierarchically in society, in social status, you kind of let go of your own Asianness. Of course, you can see, see Ali Wong's character how close that she is to being the white. whiteness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and also her husband as well because her husband was like even the mum, the mother-in-law. Yeah, so um, George um, Ali Wong's husband's mum is kind of like the typical tiger mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. She like is quite intrusive in the way that getting her um, kind of penetrating her life and her rules. Between like uh, into the, the the way in which Ali Wong and her husband um, parent their child. Mm. What do you think about the little kid? Um, I was she annoying know. or was she cute? I she was just a very normal kid to me. I don't think there yeah. was, was much things to say about her. But I feel like the the reason that they keep talking. Oh, the only thing I'll say about is that it seems like they make a, such a great deal of her doing painting of a yeah. Throughout the whole series, and I yeah, think so. The little girl um, paints mentality. as a way to deal with her anxiety. Yeah, I think that's a very, very familiar mentality of a lot of Asian immigrant families, thinking that, oh, because you know our grandparents or myself is into specific occupation. Uh, in this case, that uh, the family is like an artist. You know, George's family is an artist, and they expect. The child should be involved in art as well, mm, mm. and they didn't even ask the child whether or not she, you know, really enjoys mm, doing art. Mm. She just forces her to do it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something you know along the line that many Asian immigrant family do it. You know, not so much as maybe not arts, but you know, other occupations like law, engineering, and um, in medicine. Yeah, which we've been talking about it for many, many times. Yeah. Yeah, and I just think it's such a great. Yeah, I, I cannot recommend it enough. I think it will be. I've already seen like um, headlines saying that this will be like the show of twenty twenty three, and it's so good. Yeah, Asian faces, not just put on as a token character, but really up there and represent. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This is really extraordinary TV. Um, it feels like a film. It has the sort of like urgency of a film, yeah. um, and it doesn't f- ever feel like it. Um, I, I never feel like I need to put myself through any kind of like, oh, this is a long series. I need to sit through this. Like I'm so engaged in it the whole time. I wanted to ask you, Helen. On some chat online has been, um, people have been talking about the fact that um, Ali Wong, as you know, I think I think it was last year she divorced her husband, yes. uh, Justin Hakuda, who's a Japanese American. <laughs> know where you're um, gonna go from there yeah well like all people are chatting about the real life uh, correlations between you know ali wong's character. character and you know yeah um, yeah. yeah any thoughts 
Yeah, I, I do feel like there's a, there's a, I don't know if I should use the word connection. That's why I keep saying from the very start of our recording about beef is that I, I feel like she was just playing herself. I don't know even, I don't even know if she's acting because she's always been so, she's very aggressive. You know, she give she gives you the kind of vibe that she's very aggressive. She's very straightforward and there's nothing wrong with it. She's very assertive about herself and that's a good thing. Mm. Um, yeah. So compared to the last work that I have seen her on was Paper Girl, where she was a bit more soft and quiet and her, her character on beef is just total opposite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The, the stand-ups that we've watched, you know, in the past, it's very similar to the character Amy that she's playing. And she's always have, uh, Ellie Wong has this face that so perfectly, uh, has, she's got symmetry, uh, perfect features. And when she smile and you know that is not a natural smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. She's so fake. Like her smile is so fake. She's trying to repress everything. I think also just just to wrap things up on when we're talking about this in particular, you know the session where they go to couples counselling? Yes. Um, and, and the therapist, um, I always am intrigued in TV shows because, you know, Helen and I, we've both said in the past we've noticed that um, in, on, in the Western shows – or movies, we often notice that the therapist is often played by a POC. Mm -hmm. And um, this woman, I, I believe she was like, She's Asian. definitely not white. She wasn't white, let's just say that, yeah. yeah. And um, and that first time they go to a couple's counselling, I thought it was very sympathetic um, when Ali Wong talked about how her parents repressed everything, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and I was like, that is, that's, that's so relatable for you and I, yeah, you know, yeah. like they, they were our parents, it's an Asian culture. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. never talked about our emotions. Like, um, oh, I think the line that she said was if my mom said, if you talk about your feelings, it's like you're complaining. Ah, that's and I was right. like, that is so fucking true. Yeah. That is exactly what older so generation true. of Asians think. Yeah, yeah, that's and so, it's just it's so not it's so wrong. It's very, I, I think it's so it's very, bad. It's so bad. I can feel like I can so relate it to that because we we've experienced that ourselves as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and also uh, at the time when she's talking about money, that her husband just keeps saying that we have enough. Yeah, have enough that's all you talk. That, that yeah, because yeah, um, all you so talk they, about why yeah, do you so, the money. But because yep. they, they came from very different class at the very yep. beginning. Ellie Wan, she didn't really mention, you know, her own family. But you can tell from what she replied to that was that, oh, um, I came from nothing, you know, and it's always there's an insecurity about ha not having money. That's why she's yeah. so hard for her. Whereas her husband you know, has always had it. Always had it. Yeah. yeah and she says, like, people who have money never think about it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, um, that scene reminded me because I um, if you haven't seen the show, it's basically um, she and her husband kind of have a waning relationship. It's not at least in the beginning. It's not very. There's no spark left. Um, she's worried about money. He isn't. Um, her anxieties and her needs are not really being met. And that scene where they have the conflict about money, where he accuses of, where he accuses Ali Wong of worrying too much about money, that actually reminded me of um. Uh, Flashman is in trouble in the book anyway. The book okay. where um, okay. when at the first like at the, at the last eighty pages you hear from Rachel's perspective, and you hear why she worked so hard mm -hmm. because she yes. wasn't born into wealth. That's right. And I felt that was so sympathetic. 
Yes. Like that book will always break my heart. Like let's not talk about the series because I just can't. I have never actually ended up finishing it because I, I didn't finish it either. I, cannot, I couldn't go through the first episode. I could not do any more Jesse Eisenberg droll face. <laughs> could not do any more of that. <laughs> I just couldn't stand his droll face any more longer. But anyway, the book will always hold such an important part of my heart. Um, mm. I might think differently now, you know, in 10 years' time I might hate it, but still I feel like that book changed me in a very fundamental way because I related, the shock of relating to someone like Rachel really startled me because I don't see myself usually as, you know, relating to a very wealthy white woman, a woman who's built her own wealth. But I also think it's because uh, the financial insecurity is a mentality that we have or a lot of people have you know, when you're not born into wealth mm. and that kind of insecurity lives with you for a very, very long time. And also as a woman, we were always been told we were inadequate, yeah. we were never enough. That's why I'm guessing that a lot of women who are in business that pushes so hard because you don't know where to, when to stop. You, you need, a, you know, you need basically a huge change of your life to give you the sign that telling you that yes you're enough but mm. from the character we've seen in beef played by ali wong amy um i think there was a part that she was saying that she's not getting anything herself she feels like yeah. she's everything for everyone she's doing it for yeah. her daughter she's doing it for you know getting the house you yeah. know she, she was talking about the house that she bought but she she is hardly at home She's mm. always at work, yeah. Mm. So no one's really looking out for her. Yeah, looking out for her, formally acknowledging her work. Yeah, That's she always feel like she's not doing enough. That's why she's keep on pushing and pushing and pushing. Yeah, and yeah. that character reminds me of um film that I'll finish this episode talking about very quickly, um mm. called Reclaim, which is a Taiwanese film that came out in 2022, and it's on Netflix. And I'll talk about that in the last five minutes of the show. Um, one last thing I wanted to say about Beef is um, there's a great um, cameo, uh, not a cameo, sorry, a small part played by Ashley Park, who is, of course, we know um, um, mm -hmm. Emily in Paris's friend. don't remember her name in Emily in Paris. That's how far, like, long ago I've watched that show. But anyway, her best friend, um, Ashley Park, plays um, Naomi in this show, Beef, and mm -hmm. she is um, basically the woman who's married to the brother of um Ali Wong's soon to be boss kind yeah. of thing. Business yeah, partner, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, business partner, yeah. Um and I I like that scene where they chat and um she's like, oh Ali Wong's like, oh, I wish I could just, you know, do what you do and stay at home. And then you see Ashley Park's character kind of getting insulted. She's like, I don't just stay at home, you know. Like <laughs> I do a lot of different stuff. And yeah, it reminds me of the character in um Pineapple Street, um, these women who feel these stay-at-home mothers who feel like they don't like talking to, like there's this one character who says she doesn't like talking to um, women who also work as well as being mothers because they feel like they feel like inadequate compared to them. Mm, I know. I've seen so I, many, actually I've seen a lot of, con not so much conflicts, but confrontations, like pro-life mm. confrontations, like the yeah. one we saw in The Beef between, you know, these two characters. I think people assuming that it is an option is it 
Oh, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. It's such a big... It's such yeah, a big, yeah. We can leave that. We yeah. can um, park can that for it. another day. Yeah. Any final thoughts before I move on to my last thought, thoughts? Uh, no, I just urge everyone to go and see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I was teaching the other day and I told my students, I always like to start my lessons with like, hey, guys, what have you been watching, reading? You know, tell me what you've been, you know, consuming. Yeah. And these are uni kids, so they're usually like, I don't know, they, they're too shy to tell me or whatever. But I was like, I've been watching Beef. Anyone heard of it? Nobody's heard of it. And I'm like, that's sad. But also, like, get onto it, you know. I mean, everyone's into succession, um, which, you know, one, maybe one day I'll get into, but uh, not now. But, um, yeah, so that's Beef on Netflix. Um, last thing I want to mention about Netflix is, of course, that film I mentioned before, Reclaim. Mm-hmm. And um, Helen, you're going to tell me the Chinese actual Chinese title. Ijia, Ijia Zizhu, the head of the family. Yeah, so the film is called that. It's by C.J. Wang, a Taiwanese young Taiwanese female writer, also directed this film. Nina Poor um, plays the um, lead character, and it's basically a film about um, a woman in her, I'd say, late fifties, early sixties, who is managing um her family basically so she's got the most awful husband on the planet lazy doesn't do any jack shit stuff that was super triggering to watch um i always wanted to finish watching it because i actually wanted to stop in the first 20 minutes because i just couldn't handle seeing how pathetic her husband was Mm -hmm. just like not doing anything around the house doesn't know how to um, recycle doesn't know how to cook it's just horrendous his oh, level of inadequacy oh um but what kept me watching was because i just thought okay um i never watch enough taiwanese films i really need to uh, i wanted to actually i was in the mood for something from the 90s or the 80s but netflix didn't have anything like that so um i kept watching um but it's a story about her relationship with her daughter as well who um has like relationship troubles and so she moves back home and her um son who immigrated to america is now wanting to come home and so and also her mother her aging mother who's 85 and has alzheimer's and she's living in a kind of nursing home situation but she wants to take care of her mother herself and her husband's not very supportive of that they live in an apartment like most like 99 percent of taipei people live in apartments and she the film follows her trying to acquire a new house a new apartment for them and um there's a scene and 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 it's quite a long film movie it's uh, just over two hours but there's a scene towards the end where she imagines going to um some country town with her mum her mum it was imaginary because her mum's like now like lying in her bed and she suffered multiple falls she's not mobile but she has a conversation with her mum and she goes on a solo trip to this rural town and we see her imagining her mum traveling alongside her i lost my shit (laughs) i lost my i was like sobbing so hard when i watched that scene it's just it's so poignant. It's so beautiful. Yes, it's not a perfect film, but it's a film where you really feel like um, it kind of reminded me, actually, of Everything Everywhere All at Once, just uh-huh. without all the CGI and fantastical uh-huh. elements of it. It was basically a movie which highlighted the, the woman, uh-huh. the mother, the wife uh-huh. as the superhero of the, uh-huh. universe, of the world, the one uh-huh. that's the most under-recognized and yeah. yet the most critical in yeah. making the world go round. Mm-hmm. I think it's very, very 
hard to open up to talk about the responsibilities of women's work because it was never really formally been put into money value since you know capitalism taken over the world and all this unpaid labor that women are doing has generated works like reclaim and everything everywhere all at once hopefully these works would help people to be a, more be more aware of the things that many billions of women the work that billions of women do but never been acknowledged mm. it's taken for granted mm. sounds like a good movie it's always when you text me I told you that that movie has on my to watch list for ages, but I just haven't found the time to watch it because it's it's long. two hours. Yeah, yeah it's, I don't want to it's long. It in one go. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully I'll find some time when I come back, and I'll I really want to watch that. Yeah, because I think it resonates with so many Asian women out there. I think all Asian, all women, all mothers. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. despite your race, all all mothers can relate to this movie. It's excruciating to watch, but also very poignant. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for sharing, and that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple, and give us a five star rating. If you'd like to support what we do here at Asian Bitches Down Under, head to Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation for us to continue the intersectionality in the podcast industry. So that's it from us for now, and we will chat to you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, good luck, Helen. Yeah, I'll see you soon then. See you in Taiwan. Bye.